Welcome to Soap, a story of the Tates and the Campbells, whose normal life is anything but normal, with co-hosts Tom Diamond, Vicky Ray, Jesse Fultz, and Keith Chalgo. Soap operas come and go, but there has never been a soap opera like Soap. Welcome back to the Literary License Podcast, and today we are still doing our retrospective of Soap, Season 1, Episodes 17 to 25. And today, it's just little old me and Keith Chago. Hello, Keith. Hello, everyone. How are y'all doing? (laughs) And before we get started, we'd like to see what all two of us have been up to since the last time we spoke. Starting with Keith, what you been up to? Um, I haven't been up to a lot. Um, I've been playing a lot of computer games. Well, one computer game. I'm, I'm playing Zo- Zombie Army 4, which is basically killing Nazi zombies, which is nothing more fun than killing zombies and killing Nazis. So, yeah, Nazi zombies are disturbing looking. If you lo- watch any of the Shudder movies or any of that stuff yeah. with the Nazi zombies, for oh, some the reason, snow. they are some of the most disturbing looking zombies ever. Maybe just because they're Nazis and zombies. But the makeup and the special effects with them are just freaking upsetting. Just and you can, I mean, I know the Nazi soldiers did a horrible, horrible thing, but they were dressed very well. So you have well dressed zombies, so it's even better. They were. They were. <laughs> the SS was pretty sharp, was it not? <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought they'd be so fashionable? I fashionable being such heinous things. So. I could see all the hate mail pouring. <laughs> and outside of that i finished them which i really really enjoyed really good series that's on amazon prime in this country but i think it's hbo or it's 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 on hbo max i still haven't finished it because i had all this other stuff going on for the last two weeks but i watched the first two episodes where i'm in with the 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 colored family in uh, the 50s i still gotta finish uh, it i liked it i just haven't had a chance to revisit it after the last week or so, so it was excellent i'm not going to give anything away but the acting is probably so superb and so wonderful and it just gets worse and worse and worse and yeah i was totally glued to it it was just like but it is one of those series that you kind of have to watch one or two take a break you can't just binge watch the whole thing because it's just right? too tense and too you're just your heart and body's just shaking and stuff like that and outside of that i've just been watching bits and pieces i watched the oscars and what a bunch of bollocks that was and, oh you're um, one of the 8.5 million people worldwide that watched the oscars well I, I didn't watch it live they did it on my recap show that was only like an hour in this country i mean they, they didn't do it live it. but I, I bet i was gonna watch it live i watched the recap so you get like the best bits for me it was like a greatest hits album of a one single band you know what I mean? They had like, yeah. you, know, you know, the bands that have like only one single that's any good and the rest of the stuff's a shit. It was yep. a bit like that. But it did make me very keen to see No Man's Land. Now, really? It, now it's on Dis- Disney Plus with Frances McDormand. Oh, and, really? I mean, she's always fantastic as well. And so I will be watching No Man's Land. So is, that, it, is that a series or is that just a movie? 
It's a movie that won Oscar for the best movie and it won best actress and it won best screenplay and it won a bunch of Oscars. And it's basically about this woman. Um, to be honest, when I first heard about it, I thought it was a documentary. I thought Francis McDermott took time off and made a documentary about um, caravan people. But um, but no, it's a movie with her playing a caravan person where she um, she loses everything and um, joins this uh, and becomes part of this caravan nation where basically they travel from town to town um, because they have no homes due to the American dream dying on them. Um, and um, yeah, so I'm really keen to seeing that. So I'll probably watch that this weekend. It's bank holiday weekend here in the UK. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, taking some time off, I'll do a little bit more work tonight. And then after that, I have two days two three days off so yes so looking forward to that well, but besides that that's it for me really I have what been about yourself not a whole lot um we're, we're gonna take a little hiatus from bmx for a while not for a while but we got asher's motorcycle in the garage because he wants to do a little mxing for a change and uh, my getting a new roof because the insurance finally took pity on me after that last blast of whatever happened to Texas in February. Armageddon, Snowmageddon, Cova Mageddon, <laughs> Snowmageddon. You know, we had it all. I mean, if anything's going to shit on Texas, it would do that to us. But I'm kind of looking forward to not worrying about my roof being ripped off except by an F5. And that'll probably be next because I don't have that kind of luck. But um just pretty much chilling and trying to get some painting done. We're really just trying to fix up the house lately. And I started watching part two of In Search of Darkness. I was really happy to see that come on Shutter. I was thinking of, I, I, I texted you and Joe, actually. I, I thought about it a lot. I thought about you two because it's, I'm halfway through it and it's just so good. I can't sing its praises enough. Anybody that's a, a fan of, you know, 80s horror, because that was like, the slasherama decade, you know, for all of this stuff that you possibly will never get away with ever again. And uh, it's just got all the, 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 the greatest minds, directors, actors, actresses, you name it, are, are on here. And all the, uh, the commenta- commentators and just you know, Joe Bob and, you know, just everybody. You know, it, it's just an excellent series. It's four and a half hours, the first one. And this one's another four and a half hours, but it's pure gold. Uh, I mean, I love the first one. I'm definitely going to watch the second oh, one. Oh God, it's excellent! Time, it's it's. And I was going to especially since it ties into our season five. It season really five ties 80. into our season five, and uh, they they've got like a, a was that is that Leanna Quigley on her that she's got her own segment about all this stuff and how she did what parts she did. And I was Joe was just going through my head the whole time because mm. you know she, she she is always in the shower when she gets killed. It's kind of funny actually. And uh, but it, it go it really does go hand in hand with what we're trying to do. And uh, then I then I just happened to come across as well. Joe Bob is on his his new season and he had the audition on. I've never seen the audition, but, you know, it's subtitle. But like I said, do not be shied away from subtitles, especially if it's like an Asian film, because no matter what, you know what's going on. And I mean, it was the end was probably one of the most brutal movies I've seen Yeah, it is. like ever. <laughs> I mean, the things you can do with piano wire, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, oh, my God. And then I revisited the class of 1984. I hadn't seen that in a long time. You know, that was his. Oh, that, his, oh that's an excellent film. I love that film. Yeah, it's time. a really good film. I totally forgot all about it. You know, it's just been so long since I've seen it. 
But and then I ended up watching both Hatchets, the Victor Crowley saga. You know, those are just excellent. Um, I love Victor Crowley movies. I wish they'd make another one. There, there's three of them. Is there three? I didn't know that. Yeah, the um, the third, the last one in the the trilogy is called Alistair Crowley. Or Victor Crowley. Victor Crowley. Man, I don't know. I probably have seen it. And I've just, I mean, yeah, it, I've watched it. ties somebody, it all up. My, my, Scott thinks I'm just a, a totally morbid, decrepit human being because every time he comes into the back room, I've always got some kind of slice and dice movie on, you know, and I get really frustrated because I've seen so many of them. I can't find anything new. So when I started watching Search Darkness, I saw a whole bunch of little gems I haven't seen or I need to go back and see. You know, and they're making a big deal out of the second um, Freddy Krueger movie because of all the innuendo yeah. in that one, because the, the final girl is a final guy. Yeah. And Didn't it had a whole Freddy bunch of interesting of retrospective on that. Huh? <laughs> Didn't Freddy come out of his body? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Freddy like kind of tears up, comes out of his, his chest and everything. It was really good. I, I But you know what? Back in the day, my head wasn't thinking like that. I have to they're saying the back and the back of the day I mean I was I mean I was gay and out at that time when it came out and I just remember it's just like you know I, I didn't take it about like him fighting off I mean I know that film historians and people now look at Freddy um Nightmare on Strike 2 Freddy's return or Freddy yeah Freddy's return and they kind of now you now turn it into a lot of man fighting his homosexuality and they had the girl and so you know, she's the heterosexual side and then Freddie right. the gay side and I, I know that they come up with this whole jargon about the movie but all I but it was I mean, on I purpose did, though well it didn't run through my head at the time all I remember is like he goes to see his gym teacher at the leather bar and, then, and they're going, <laughs> yeah, and they're going right. to the shower and then it's like because <laughs> his gym teacher's gonna have sex with him and it's like and then he gets of course you know and then he gets tied up by the towel and gets whipped by the the wet yeah, this is and I go and I thought to myself, Oh, this is really gay. So, but I mean, I didn't take about I, mean, I, I thought it was odd it, so. when I was a teenager, but you know, back then we didn't have social media and everything, we really weren't exposed to it. And if you thought you were gay or you had tendencies, not a lot of people talked about it, even though it didn't bother a lot of us back then. We were just that generation of weirdness, you know. Well, I mean, another thing is, is it's quite odd that it came out when it did because it was in the middle of the AIDS crisis as well. I know of all times, mm-hmm. but they said they wanted. I was watching Robert England said that, you know, they were they were experimenting with it. They were trying to go there without going there. So that was totally there there, you know, mm-hmm. but they weren't trying to. It wasn't like ram down your throat, really. But I mean, they were. But but the, first, the gay community said they were kind of concerned about it. Because they're afraid of it, make uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, right, you know probably. how you stigmatize somebody, yeah, stigmatize. But then yeah. they actually come out and loved it because a lot of people are like, wow, representation in a horror movie, and so they all thought it was really cool once they found out that they were the final guy, you know, kind of thing. So it was mm-hmm. really, it was just a cool retrospective of that in um, in Search of Darkness Part Two. I liked it a lot. It was really. Mm-hmm. There's also a movie, um, a documentary about Mark Patton, who's yes. actually who's a star of that called um, Confessions of a Screen Queen. Yes, Cause I he, saw cause that because he, he's the first um, Screen Queen, and he said. But the fun, funny thing about, I mean, I mean, he's. It, it's interesting because you know he does sit there and say that that movie stigmatized him because of, because it he did him, that he, because it made him do nothing but gay roles. But yeah, you know, let's be honest. The thing him. is, the first thing. 
Well, I don't know if it did because the first film that I ever saw him win, he played a gay guy in a film of Robert Altman's called The Comeback to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, with <laughs> Sandy Dennis, Karen Black, uh, Cher, Kathy Bates, you know, and this, and he played a gay guy there. And I, and I saw another movie that was before Freddie and before this one where he played another gay guy. So it's kind of like, did this movie stigmatize you? No, this is probably the best known movie that you did, but... It's like it's like everything I've ever seen him in. He always plays someone before, even before this Freddie thing. So it's kind of like, well, and to be honest, it's like you know the way he danced wasn't the most butch way to dance in a movie. I was, I was later there. Well, I mean that was that was the age of the video coming out, and there was you had Debbie Gibson, and all that stuff was coming out, and you know people were yeah. dancing. I mean. MTV, you know, but he was dancing with a, um, you know, a hairbrush pointed against his ass and grinding against it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you would notice that. You could get away. Well, I mean, I would get killed if I well, said that. <laughs> well, the funny thing about it is that when that dan- when when he's been interviewed about that dancing, they told him that he could do whatever he wanted, and this is what he comes up with. So you know, uh, no accounting I mean, for taste. Go figure. But I mean, he's an icon figure now, so go figure. So I mean, well, he did have that documentary out, and he he like a lot of people. He's got a huge cult following still. Precisely. I mean, a lot of people still love him. He does well, go and try to make the circuit at the comic cons and you know the horror cons. And yeah, stuff. well, all those. I mean, all those Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, so on and so forth. All those um, great big legacy films. I mean, all those actors in there are um, you know. They have huge cult followings. You know, Adrian yeah. King, Betsy Palmer to the day she yeah. died, she had a big cult following. I mean, you know, we as you know, we interviewed Dinah Manoff, which yeah. will also be out later um later on this weekend, that interview as well. And, you know, what did she tell us? She told us that, you know, out of everything she's done through all the history, Chucky. long after she's dead, she'll be known as the first victim of Chucky. I know, <laughs> so. go figure. Because people didn't think that stuff was going to sell. I mean, it's just uh, huge uh, still. Huge. I mean, uh, you know, people are wanting to get these real epic, sentimental, whatever roles, and they end up getting thrown out the window by, a, you know, an animated demonic doll, and they have found fame <laughs> no matter what. So it is yeah, what it is. Precisely. It was the best year for it was the best decade for movies or horror. Oh, anyway. precisely, it was a lot of different stuff, and they were trying anything. Any they would try anything and film it, and you can't get away with any of that anymore. That's why I'm so afraid. I hope the wokeness doesn't take our movies away from us. I really, really hope not. Though, no, I, well, I, I find that television is the new cinema, really. Yeah, yeah, I don't watch yeah. television much. I watch a lot of stuff. I don't, I watch maybe two channels. That's it. I watch mainly Netflix and Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and Disney Plus. And I sit there and say that the best stuff that I'm watching are TV shows made for Netflix series. So, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I, okay. I guess we're going to cut into um, the synopsis. And we have our very own soap announcer. And Keith, Keith is going to do the synopsis of episode 17 to 25. And this is what's been happening on this episode of Soap. Jessica goes to bail, causing Ingrid to gloat. Bert is behaving obsessively about Peter's murder, causing the Campbells much worry. The Campbells are informed by Ingrid about Jessica's arrest. Danny is let off the hook by Mr. Lofowitz on the condition that Mary agrees to do him an undisclosed favor. 
Eunice is disturbed to learn someone is blackmailing Congressman McCollum about his affair with her. Benson poses as Jessica's lawyer to bring her breakfast. Chester hires a lawyer to defend Jessica. Jessica admits that the gun that killed Peter does belong to her and the lawyer refuses to take the case. Father Tim tells Corin that he is going on a religious retreat so he can forget about her. Bert is confronted by Mary about his emotional problems. Bert tells Mary that he can make himself invisible. Chester hires E. Ronald Malou to represent Jessica. Jessica tries to leave the country while out on bail, but Benson talks her out of it. Mary convinces her that she is loved and needed. Chester fires Claire, so Claire turns him into the SEC. The Tates and the Campbells are interviewed by E. Ronald Malou, who is looking in vain for acceptable character witnesses. Mary is advised by a psychiatrist to have Burke hospitalized for observation. Corinne is visited by Jessica, who makes a heartfelt plea for her to return home, but Ingrid seeks to poison her mind against Jessica. Eunice is shocked as Congressman McCollum receives compromising pictures from the blackmailer. She climbs out on the ledge to avoid being caught by Marilyn, who is in a difficult position as a courier comes to pick up McCollum's speech and walks off with the pictures instead. Eunice climbs off the ledge and into a stranger's hotel room. Congressman McCollum promises her a new life, but backs out when the courier returns the pictures. Jody confronts Chuck about the nasty notes he's been getting from Bob. Danny tries to break off with Elaine. Mr. Lofowitz tells him that he has to marry Elaine, but learns that Mary intends to have him committed. Jessica begins her pre-trial hearings in the murder case and is shocked to learn the prosecutor in Peter's murder case turns out to be the twin brother of the lawyer who have refused to defend Jessica. It is also revealed that the judge once lost $40,000 because of bad advice he got from Chester. Danny brings Eunice... Danny brings Elaine home to meet the dysfunctional Campbell family in an attempt to get her uninterested in him. Corman breaks into Father Tim's retreat cabin. Jessica locks herself in the bathroom to avoid going to trial. Jody meets Carol David, E. Ronald Milou's assistant, and is immediately propositioned by her. Jessica is nervous as her trial begins. Jody is convinced by Carol to go away for the weekend despite his insistence that they can only be friends. Bert checks into a mental hospital. Danny explains to Mary why he has to marry Elaine. Billy runs away from home because he's failed math and doesn't want to add to the family's problems. Jessica goes through with her defense at the trial. Benson, Chester, and Jessica herself testify. The prosecutor boasts that in his surprise witness will make the jury want to lynch her. Eunice is dumped by Congressman McCollin after Marilyn threatens to ruin his political career. Burf confesses to Mary that he killed her first husband. Ingrid has a sexual encounter with the judge in Jessica's trial. Corinne walks out after learning of Ingrid's vendetta against the Tates. Father Tim tells his mother that he may leave the priesthood because of Corinne, but she doesn't take it very well. Jessica is asked by Malou if she knows who the surprise witness might be. The surprise witness turns out to be Mrs. Fane, who testified that she heard Jessica threaten to kill Peter. Jody finds himself in bed with Carol. Mary can't decide how she feels about Bert when he comes home from the hospital. Jody tells Carol that he won't have sex with her again. Jessica is the only person in the Tate household who gets any sleep after Mrs. Fane's testimony in court. Corinne realizes that Jessica is her true mother. Ingrid comes to re reconcile with her, but she refuses to go with Ingrid. Chester is arrested by Chief Tinkler for stock fraud, and Jessica has her murder case go to trial. And that is what's been happening on Soap. And welcome back to where we discuss the good, the bad, and the downright comedy and drama of soap. So, Keith, episode 17, starting out, Jessica's going to jail, causing Ingrid to gloat. So what do you think about these first few episodes, or all of them? Well, I actually I actually like these episodes. 
So this, you know, the comedy is just, I mean, so, I mean, every, I mean, every, what I like about Soap is an ensemble cast and, and, and it's a large cast as well. And everyone gets their, mo- their moment to shine. Yeah. And it's just amazing about, you know, that everyone has their one-liners and, you know, and the thing is that they're giving one-liners and doing the comedy, but yet they're doing physical comedy at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, and, but, you know, the funny thing about it is that they never poke fun at anyone. It's always done with love. I mean, even when, yeah. um, you know, Bert is pretending he's invisible and he thinks he's invisible. <laughs> and, and the thing he is, does the like, thing where he's snapping his fingers and, you know, and he thinks that he's gone and everybody's like looking at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's, you know, it's fantastic. You know, the thing is, it's like, you know, they're like, well, we need to get him help. You know what I mean? We love him. Seriously. And, like, and they just, they just put up with it, you know, sort of thing. And, you know, and, you know, and it's just, you know, and then you get, you know, Mary and how she reacts to it. And, it, you know, it's just so fantastic. But, I mean, getting back to Jessica, I mean, I mean, <laughs> she's, oh, man. So na- she's so naive, but so funny. I mean, she does that. I don't think anybody else could have commanded her character as well as she did throughout all these seasons, because she's really brilliant at being dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just nobody else can capture it like she does quite. I mean, especially when she gets into the um, prison cell and she goes, she goes, she looks around and she goes, now I know why people want to break out of here. This is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, get, just Benson, Benson dresses up as her lawyer to bring her breakfast in the, yeah. in the, the, the briefcase. Mm-hmm. And then Chester hires that lawyer. Uh, I, I like it. He played Johnny Fever at WKRP. I, his name is eclipsing me right now. But uh, there was two of them. He Howard said he supposedly had a brother in this. One was a prosecutor. One was a defense attorney or something and, like that. And, and they're twin brothers. And they're twin brothers. So, yeah, the, she didn't understand why. They, it just but, gets, we, but we also get Gordon Jump in this episode. Yeah. These episodes as well. He was also in WKRP as well. He was the station manager. That's right. The owner. So yeah. it's quite... It's quite interesting to see these two characters who would later go on into another iconic TV series. You know, no, that was, one was brilliant as well. I mean, I'll never. What was it? The turkey, the turkey, the turkey drop, the, <laughs> the turkey drop. They're live turkeys. Oh, the humanity of it all! You got Les Nesman watching all these turkeys falling to their death from a helicopter. Yeah, because they didn't Where realize. Jeff tur- goes. I had no idea they were live turkeys. <laughs> well, the whole thing was like they thought that they would drop these um, turkeys out of the plane because they thought that turkeys could fly. It's like turkeys yeah. can't fly. Splattering <laughs> <It's like, laughs> down and like. all over cincinnati in the parking lot (laughs) that was brilliant then you got eunice you got eunice's gum she's disturbed to find out that the congressman that she's having an affair with is getting blackmailed with all those pictures yeah and the thing is is that she wasn't that concerned she's more concerned about the angle and whether there are good photos of her or not i know she's (laughs) do i really look like that And I think they, but what did they, didn't they say they were doing some kind of role play or something? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, he was a um, gladiator. And when she like uh, some kind slave, of slave, that's right. She's yeah. a slave girl. And so he's taking pictures of it. And uh, and she goes, oh, I mean, and then she, I, I like the line where she sits there and says that, um, couldn't they get like such and such photographer? Because he, he always captures me in a really good light. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was funny how when we talked to Jennifer Salt about 
her performance and how she thought it was, you know, she kind of had to, she had to say she had to, you know, soldier her way through it sometimes, but she yeah. seems so good at it. That's why I found it so hard to believe that, you know, mm-hmm. that, she, that she didn't feel, I guess she wasn't, was she comfortable in front of the camera or? I think she was, but I think that um, previously to Soap, she was a dramatic actress. And I got, you know, and I think that, um, I think Dinah Manoff kind of mentioned as well that you're, you know, that, you know, you're kind of thrown into this high comedy series and with these comedy greats. I mean, I mean, everyone in this is a comedy great. Right. And holding your own. But uh, but I do think that Jennifer Salt does hold her own because I think you you kind of need that straight woman kind of role in that in the in the mix of this this craziness sort of thing. Well, she she seems to be the only character that well, she has common sense, but she doesn't display it for herself, but she has it for everybody else if that makes any sense. Yeah. And And then you got go ahead. Oh, and then you got Father Ted and Corinne as well. Yeah, I know. And he needs to go on a religious retreat because he's trying to get away from Corinne. But they don't really ever show how they kind of hooked up, did they? I I just can't recall. They they went to school together. That's how they know each other. Okay, because I just could not. Um, Because I went back to watch and I still couldn't find it. Yeah, they were um, they they were like they went to school together, and she had a crush on him or something, or it was one of those. High school romances that never really took off, sort of thing, and then she came back in. But I mean, it's quite bizarre because I mean, I guess Corinne was when she was with Peter, she right. was actually chasing after Father Tim at the same time. So it's kind right. of bizarre. And then when then when Peter gets killed, and she's kind of upset, and then she's running to Father. It's just, it's kind of a bizarre situation if you think about it. It's like you know, because well, she gets upset. Operas are bizarre. You know? Well, she gets upset. She gets kind of upset that Peter's sleeping around on her, but in the same way, she's kind of trying to do things. Chasing a priest. But then again, but Cor- Corinne was a bit of a slut, wasn't she? Yeah, well, you always had like General Hospital or you had Search for Tomorrow, but they, they always seemed to set her around the hospital. And you always had a hospital slot. That was just always, you know, that was just yeah. the way it was. You had your Dr. Noah Drake's and then you had your you know, Bobby's, Spencer's and all that stuff. And I'll probably get to get killed by a bunch of general hospital people. But that's the <laughs> truth. That's the way it was 30 years ago, you know, when Luke and Laura were doing their thing. So, mm-hmm. but then you had um, Bert has emotional problems and he thinks he can make himself invisible. And, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what to do with Bert because he's always like hiding in the corner and, but you can see him, but it just seems like everybody's kind of trying to ignore it. Or is that my... Yeah, I think, you know, I think that if you got someone that you love and they're pretending that they're invisible and you kind of, you know, you just don't want to have to deal with it all the time, do you? <laughs> so I just want to go off and pretend <laughs> they're invisible. Can you imagine? But then and then these, like, especially in episode 18, you have a really, you know, hum- humanitarian side to this episode because Jessica wants to leave the country and skip bail because uh, she feels that she's, like, weighing her family down or she's not you know, important enough. And they have Benson and uh, Mary try to convince her that, you know, that she's loved and she's needed. And I think it's over that roast she killed. Didn't he have a roast in the oven and it's like a piece of charcoal and he's upset over the roast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. He forgot about it because he had to go. I think he had to go retrieve her, go find her because she was Mm. trying to skip mail. 
Yeah, but where's she got? When she go into like the Caribbean or something? I can't remember exactly where she. Yeah, she was going to go away. I cannot recall where, but she was. Yeah, she was going to go somewhere warm, I believe. But she told everybody and left notes for everyone. So I know, so they would have found her anyway. <laughs> she's so good at that. I mean, I mean, you just, you just, she's just brilliant at that that part. I cannot imagine anybody else in that part ever. Mm-hmm. Just never. And on and top I, of that, Chester finally is going to fire Claire who's been blackmailing him as she turns him in. Well, they're calling it the SEC in, in this sitcom, but I guess it's the same thing as internal revenue, I want to assume. Yeah, I guess it's the same thing as um, uh, Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Isn't this the same episode where she's trying to make a scene in the restaurant and she like takes the <laughs> tablecloth and throws all the food on the floor and she starts screaming and he's just trying to eat his soup and drink his whatever little thing. He's got that dainty little glass. Chester's just drinking. And he don't give a shit at this point. He just selling all of his stuff so he can keep Jessica out of prison. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like, Oh, Stop it, you'll make it a scene. I'll tell you what's making a scene. And off she goes. <laughs> she starts screaming and carrying on. You don't really see her again much after that for a while. No, but I liked how the, everyone else in the restaurant is just carrying on. I'm not even noticing her either. Well, no, well, they kind of looked. But I mean, if somebody started screaming in your face in a restaurant, I think that people would probably take more notice than what they did. Either that or yeah. they're just, you know, desensitized to people having scenes in that particular restaurant. But I know that I would notice. Well, I have seen scenes in restaurants and it's just like, whoa. Well, I also have to think that maybe it's the town they live in because so far you have the fact, both families are a bit loopy, but then everyone else that lives in this town that we've been introduced to is a bit loopy as well. So this seems like a really loopy community. (laughs) Well, you don't, you realize how loopy it really is when, um, what is it? E. Ronald Malou comes into the picture oh, yeah. he wants to represent jessica and he cannot find one single solitary person to represent her as a character witness because they're all batshit one's a suicide well, I mean, suicidal got, gay man yeah you got suicide gay man you got the you know the hut the the brother-in-law who thinks he's invisible you got the nephew who basically um has talks to a doll yeah <laughs> The tax evading yeah. brother-in-law or her husband, I should say. And then you got Corinne. Yeah. She's just she's just Corinne. Yeah. And you got Eunice just, messing around with to... congressman. And you got and Danny Benson. Who... And they come out and say, Well, you're black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course you got Danny who's like um working with the mob. So it's right. Like, oh. He's working with the mob. But you know, the funny thing about it is back then. When you're addressing these things, people always talk about this, this, this prejudice against, you know, the sexuality and, and the blackness and everything else. And it just, this made fun of everything equally and nobody was offended. That's why I don't understand what's going on because they did it so well, you know, in the, in the writing. Well, I think that, you know, if you want to break through borders, the best way to do it is through comedy. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and that's what we had in the 70s is they broke through borders through comedy and made things a lot better. Right. I think one, and, you know, it's a bit like Twilight Zone. If you want to get a personal message through, what you do is you, you thread it through your episode. But I think nowadays where things are going wrong is, is that once you point your finger and, you know, and push whatever you're trying to push onto people and you make it so blatant, that your mind just tends to shut off from it. And that's, you right. know, but here your mind does shut off because you're enjoying it, but yet you're, you're learning at the same time. You're learning about 
all this different, you know, right. all these different backgrounds, these different ethnicities, these different sexualities, so on and so forth. But it, and even though, but they're but the people that they're they're making fun of, the people who are doing the the making fun of are the people. But you're la- but you're laughing with the you're laughing with the people that being made fun of because they're the strong ones and the the, the ones that are doing the, the poking the fun are like oh he's a fruit they're the idiots i never haven't heard ever that was the last time i ever heard anybody call anybody gay a fruit was this show i haven't remember i didn't even remember that term until i started watching these episodes again <laughs> but i mean he just handles it so well it's just like he's a fruit it's just like you know but bird always gets upset or you know how they always get upset when the word fruit comes out you know yeah. i can't remember is this the <laughs> one where the dolls in the refrigerator or was that prior to this um, it's it's in this block, so it it's in this block. Up, so, yeah, I don't yeah. know why that just jumped because Bert. I mean, he's just the outstanding kind of because he's going to be hospitalized for observation. I think is this the one where they're in the bathtub together and you're, she's trying to talk to him about that. Yeah, and then he says you can't go, you can't turn invisible because he's wet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or wait, he's got the ring of power. <laughs> he has to have the ring of power. She goes, do you have this ring of power? Not yet, but I'm looking for it. <laughs> yeah, and then you got Eunice uh, as the congressman. Uh, what he got? He got the he got the compromising pictures back. Wait, he was supposed to give them. He got them back from the blackmailer. She climbed out on a ledge because and then his someone, wife came in. Yeah, and then someone then someone came in and looked from the speech, and then he actually gave the blackmail photographs to the guy taking the, the carrier to the courier to the courier. Yeah, to yeah. The courier. And and it seems like this guy doesn't really have any. I don't know the the, the typical philand- philandering, you know, congressman. She's out on the balcony during, or no, not on the balcony, the ledge. And it doesn't even seem like there's a lot of, you know, oh my god, she's out on the ledge. It's raining, you know, so she has to come through the window. <laughs> well, that, the thing- that guy was in that, in that particular room. And you know, the thing is, is like. You know, and and then you know, and then he you know, then then he brings it. You know, she, it's storming outside as well. Storm, you know, right. storming, thunder, lightning, everything like that. The wife leaves. She comes back inside, and then it's like you know, it is, you know, and they're like looking looking for. They realize the black pictures, and then he goes, "Oh, we'll go away to Acapulco. We'll just be the two of us." And oh yeah, fine. yeah, it'll be just and, us. And then the pictures come back. Oh, never mind that. You know, I'm gonna be a senator. What are you talking about? Get out of here, sort of thing. And I think. You know, it kind of, it's 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 kind of interesting because the thing is, it's like it's all about him, isn't it? It's not about yes. her at all. And no, we get a lot of side, that. She's just the side girl, basically, because yeah. you know he's never going to leave the wife. They never usually leave the wife because it's such yeah. a thing of convenience. And they, and especially if you're in politics, you don't want to screw with that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But that was back in the day. I don't know. Now they got social media, so everybody gets busted, mm-hmm. no matter what somebody does. And then in the same block, you got Jody confronts um, Chuck and Bob about the nasty notes he's getting from Bob. <laughs> I'm trying to remember some of them. Do you remember some of them? Uh, I just, it's just, I, I mean, yeah, my mind's a bit of a muddle, but I just remember like, you know, uh, you know, 
Jody's trying to like go, Chuck, you have a problem here. We need to look at this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, he's Bob, and Bob. And and then he gets to the point where he's like turning fruit. And he's like, he's like, turns to one Oh, that's when he store. hit Bob. That's when Bob goes in the refrigerator. Yeah, Bob's in the refrigerator. Bob's in the but, refrigerator. But, but Chuck goes, I don't have a I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. Meanwhile, like Chuck's like talking through using fruit as Bob. Grapefruit. Yeah, he's got the he's got the mouth of the grapefruit going. <laughs> and then when he like and then he juices the grapefruit and then, and then he's got Bob screaming <laughs> God, I, I mean I I have to sit there and say some of my favorite characters are Chuck and Bob stuff that comes out of Bob's mouth it just so I mean I but as a viewer you, find, you start you, really as a viewer it's kind of funny because you see the family they start to address this this you know doll mm. And like it's it's like to actually exist. And as a viewer, you start seeing it as an actor in in the sitcom because he's so prominent and it's like he's always there and he's such a wise ass. And they don't really go into exactly why Bob is there or what what's going on with Chuck where he has, you know, Bob being. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I think, you know, to be honest, I think that if you're living with someone who basically talked to a doll the whole time and the doll's a separate personality, you probably would start addressing that doll. Like, you probably would. You know, I probably would. You find yourself yeah. talking to him and afterwards you're like, why am I talking to this freaking doll? You know what I mean? Which everybody finds themselves doing, you know, they're trying to address him, you know, especially if it's Bob, you know. And then Bert opens a refrigerator. You know, he does that shaking thing with his head and he gets all, you know, emotional when he sees him, <laughs> sees him stuck in the refrigerator. And then, then, Chuck, and then Chuck carries Bob off. And the last thing Bob says, he goes, you know, the light still stays on in the fridge. The yeah, closed. <laughs> that light stays on. <laughs> and then you got Jessica's pretrial stuff is going on. And the prosecutor is that's when she finds out the prosecutor happens to be the twin brother of the lawyer who didn't want to defend Jessica because he thought it was just not even worth trying because it was it, all the evidence was overwhelming. And Jessica being Jessica, just like, no, it's not going to happen. And on top of that, Chester, well, he I don't know if he embezzled 40 grand from the judge, but he wasted his 40 grand on a bad investment. So they got that against them already. And yeah, I, this scene is quite brilliant because you got Jessica coming in and meeting Judge. Because oh, what's underneath the robe? And he's like, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and then he, and then he, fla- and then he flashes her. <laughs> he flashes her. And then She's some of the so things, annoying. And then the, the whole time is like he's talking. He's like, and he, and Chester's going, "Oh, I'm so sorry about you know I lost money too." And he goes, "Oh, don't worry. Like my father was going to die sometime." <laughs> yeah, my wife could have used that new kidney, but it's fine. Don't worry, everything's fine. I'm over it. <laughs> I know they're so nonchalant about things like that. Well, we also find out that Elaine and Danny, um, Elaine's the daughter of the Blockwitz. Yeah, I mean, Chris, she's a bit of a nympho, and poor Danny's being worn out. Yeah, Danny's like doesn't know what to do. He's, he just wants to go home and sleep. And she says, be back at a certain time or no, you're not leaving or I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> Danny's like exhausted. But then we've actually, you know, we do find out that um, for Danny to get in good with the mob, what his payback is he has to marry Elaine. Yeah. 
And he mm. brings her, he brings her home because his family's so dysfunctional that he thinks if he brings her home to this dysfunctional family that, you know, the Campbells will scare her off and that she won't be interested in them anymore, but she just makes fun of them. You know, she's calling Jody a fruit. She's calling, you know, Chuck and Bob crazy, you know, and then you got Bert, who's the invisible man. So you, you, that would scare me off from honestly. Yeah, but, but Elaine thinks, oh, you're, this is all made up. You, you guys are all in on it. She doesn't believe any Yeah, she real. thinks that he's, yeah. It's just like, it's, it's there's just no hope because she thinks he did it on purpose to freak her out. But the family's actually like that. And then you got Corinne climbing. I don't know if she says she went to another country to find Father Tim. So I'm assuming this is Mount Everest or whatever in Nepal. It's mountain that she's climbing up to get to Father Tim in her little white, whatever that is. And then she said she has some kind of Sherpa or something, get her up the mountain. And he hasn't seen a woman in a long time. <laughs> well, one priest thinks that she's a vision. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They think she's an angel or something. Yeah. Oh, and then she's going to go stay in the hotel at the bottom of the mountain. And Father Tim's going to stay in the real cold. That looked like a stone cabin. It didn't look like a cabin to me, but I guess it could have been. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, ten, the Tim and Corinne thing is quite interesting. It's, I'll be, I mean, um, the father you know, what a not to give anything action. away, but it, it, do, it does have its payoff later on. So. Yeah. Yeah. But until, I mean, but. I don't know if this, I don't know why, I guess they're poking fun at the, you know, ministry or Catholic tradition or whatever, mm-hmm. because, you know, everybody, I, I mean, as, as a, as a girl, you know, being in, in Catholic school, I remember the usual father, what a waste kind of guys that were just too good looking to be priests. It's like, wow. And you don't get it when you're It's like, wow, <laughs> why? <laughs> just why? Yeah. I guess you had to be there, you know? I can honestly see where this this has happened, you know. I mean, I'm sure well, we we had a mini series in the eighties about it called the Thornbirds. Oh so. yeah, that's right. That's right. I love that series too. That's one of the it's, it, I, I hate how it ends because it's just sad, but new beginnings, but it's still sad how it ends because you feel so bad for um Richard Chamberlain. Because, I mean, it took him all the way to the end. And she's so mean about it. You know, she tells him that was her son, his son that drowned, you know. And, I mean, she's just so cold when she does that to him. Richard Chamberlain's, like, ready to, like, kill over it. I think he dies not too long after that of a broken heart or a bad ticker or whatever happens. But Yeah, I don't think I've ever remember. I don't think I've ever watched it. I remember my grandmother. Oh, I love it. I love it. My mother was that. I was more into lace. Which one of you bitches is my mother? <laughs> <laughs> those were those sitcom, not sitcoms. Well, those were those those movie of the week mini, things that were series mini, back mini in series. The 80s. Yeah. Then I had the only color TV in college, and everybody would come in my room because I had the color TV, and we'd watch like North and South, and the Thornbirds, mm, and Scruples, Scruples, <laughs> and Lace, and oh, what was it? Uh, Master of the Game. What what was the other one? Uh, uh, rich man, poor man. Rich man, poor but, man. But what, they were always like based on like these best-selling novels. And then yeah, Jackie into, Collins or yeah, Hollywood Lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were uh, the other side of midnight. But yeah, I love like Master of the Game series. with Diane Cannon. She did such a good job in that. I wish they yeah. put those on again. I really love those eight, and they were so eighties. You know, so eighties. 
Well, I think they even did a, um, a mini series of Valley of the Dolls, didn't they? We like yeah, they did. And people like that. So they certainly like did. But yeah, but yeah, that's back when mini series are big. Well, I mean, all soaps a bit of a mini series, really. Yeah, kinda, kinda. <laughs> and then you got Jody, and he meets Carol, and Carol is the was it the paralegal to Mister Malou or the lawyer Malou or whatever. Yeah. Jessica's defender, and she's got the hots for Jody, and she just sees this as a big challenge because he's gay, and she thinks that she can fix him, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the worst thing about it, they go away for the weekend and she tells him it's going to be a two bedroom, a two yeah, bedroom place. It's one bedroom, so they have to share a bed. So he's trying to sleep. Meanwhile, she's like trying to attack him in his sleep to the point where it's just like, if I think, doesn't he just give up and say, like, okay, fine, I'll sleep with you? Just, no, she just starts so crying and makes him feel guilty. And so he hugs her. And then one thing leads to another. And then Jody just, you know, he goes, well, he goes once in a while. What did he say? He says, once in a while, I'd like something else, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop liking waffles or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might try this, but I'm still going to like waffles. It's a bit like, you know, <laughs> I went to a bar mitzvah once. Doesn't make me Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like that, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> and Bert's in the mm. mental hospital finally. But I yeah, thought it was kind of and... funny. His sec his uh psychiatrist, you know, just to make sure he goes in there and goes, Mr. Campbell, you know, to make sure mm. that he wasn't invisible and wasn't in his office uh, before he checks him in. I mean, it's and I think this is quite lovingly done, actually, um, sort of thing, because yeah. we actually do get to you know, Bert does it because he loves Barry and he's yeah. like, okay, I need to get fixed and which is nice, you know. So and it's good to have that kind of thing. That's what's quite nice about you know, Bert's crazy as hell, but Mary yeah. loves him. Danny explains to, to his mother Mar- to Mary why he has to marry Elaine finally, because she's such a crass human being. You know, what I think was that this was the I know this is the block where he he brings her home and she just, she's just rude, crude, and socially unacceptable to the whole family. Well, she's just a spoiled little bride, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is. She is. And then you got Billy who ran away from home because he fails his math. And because everything is already in turmoil and utter chaos, he doesn't want to uh, add any more pro- any more burden to the family problems, which is kind of, you know, they, they do sneak the humane stuff in there. You know, where that makes these makes both families look they're real people. So you got the comedy on one side, but you also have the humanity on the other side where it shows these, you know, how they're all warm, loving individuals, irregardless of how much dysfunction they have personally or in as a, a group, you know, at this point. Well, we do get Jessica basically starting court as well, where she decides it's best to push the tables together to make it more. Of a yeah, community. because everybody's <laughs> at odds and it just seems so, you know. It, no one's going to get along if they're not together. And you got the defense attorney over here. You got the prosecution. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jessica during this court, the whole court sequences, though. It's so oh, I know important. she's always flitting around like a butterfly to the jury and stuff, and they can't get her to sit down. <laughs> they always have, you always see uh, Malou having to grab her and make her sit down because she's just flitting everywhere. It's the only word you got that- for it. It's like, is she always like that? Yeah, she's just Jessica. She's just Jessica, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's so brilliant. 
I mean, it looks like then we get Eunice, who's dumped by Congressman McCallum. And, and, and this is quite interesting because Marilyn, his wife, knows everything. He knows every yeah, she's single hotel known. they've been to and everything. And, and you know, she stays with him because it's power, isn't it? She doesn't care yeah. what he does because at the end of the day, she's going to the Senate with him. Right. And the thing is that she knows that her husband is going to not divorce her and leave with Eunice. And I think that Eunice really wasn't quite seeing this happening or actually come because, you know, he's sweet talking her all the time in her in her situation, which is kind of cold. But it's politicians we're talking about here. So mm-hmm. is what it is. Well, I have to sit there and say we do get. um we do get Ingrid sleeping with the judge. <laughs> I know. Thing. I didn't see that one coming. I totally forgot about that because I haven't seen a lot of these in how many decades now. So you forget about that. But the one thing about, about Ingrid is her and her, the way she does that, that accent. And it's always, ha, she's always got that ha at the end of every sentence. And she and always has to have the last mean, word as well. Nasty human being. She's just an awful person. And she's still awful, but they soften her up in Benson when they had that spinoff. But, you know, they're still kind of at odds in that one. Her and and Benson. (laughs) And then finally has to confess that he killed Mary's husband. And that gets kind of all wound up. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Danny knew, though, didn't he? So Danny knew. But did Jody know? I don't think Jody knew. I think it was just only between Danny and Bert. There was really no reason to tell anybody else. And this is where we actually get, um, this is actually where we get Corinne basically walking out on Ingrid and going back to the Tate family. And then you get that really lovely scene between Corinne and Jessica, which I yeah. thought was a really lovely scene. About that, it doesn't matter who gives birth to you, it's who loves you and who's there for you. And, yeah, well, there's and, a lot of truth to that too, because I know people that you know have children and the step parents or the you know the other part of the insta family seems to have a whole lot more to do with them or, or take care of them and love them and nurture them far more than the biological side. So mm-hmm. that that was really that was great actually because it it's true, you know mm-hmm. she 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 took care of her and made her wings for her costumes and, you know, was there for all of her heartbreaks and her braces. And, you know, she did everything that a normal mother would do, but she just wasn't the biological mom. So that was a really, that one scene, it was really sweet. But I think that at that point though, that uh, Ingrid said, no, don't listen to her because she's trying to get you to testify for, her, you know, but and then Corinne has a change heart, but she eventually comes to her senses and goes home. Yeah, I think, you know, she sees Ingrid for what she is, basically. Yeah, she could tell she's always, like, cringing. There's always cringe going on, you know, when, when, you know, she's trying to, you know, like, hug on her or love on her. And you always Mm -hmm. wonder, it's like, why does she really want Corinne? Or is it she just really want to get back at the Tates? Yeah, because, I mean, but then again, I mean, she's kind of married into the Tate family anyway. Because, I mean, she is Mary and Jessica's daughter um sister-in-law really because she's married to the brother isn't she dr bombay yeah <laughs> that's all i think I of when i see that guy it's dr bombay nobody else bombay dr bombay dr bombay dr bombay <laughs> 
Wait, Ooh. he played in that. What was that movie? Oh, The Mummy. He was the pilot in The Mummy. He was pretty good in that too. Mm. But, but yeah, yeah. that I, I didn't see the sexual encounter coming <laughs> with with Ingrid and that judge. And I can't remember the name of that judge, but he always played those grumpy kind of, you know, judicial parts back in the day. Well, this was, was quite nice because he actually, yeah, because he always played, you know, he always had those kind of roles, no matter, I mean, he was like in old movies and Bewitch, yeah. I mean, he pops up in Bewitch and, and various other things, especially through our childhood, he pop up. But I think this is the first time we actually get to see like a, we actually get to see like a slight sense of humor with him as well, though, like a twitchy yeah. eye. And that's what's quite nice seeing that. So, but yeah, that was, that was quite good. So and then you got the surprise witness and that was Mrs. Was it fine? Yeah. The that's person who was I at- thought killed Peter actually in the beginning. Well, the funny thing about it is it's like, she goes, why are you here? And she goes, I'm here because you broke in while I was having dinner with my husband. Tell him I was having an affair with Peter and then I had to testify. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and, and then she he goes, he goes, what's your address? He goes, she goes, she gives her address and she goes and call first before you yeah. come. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that was quite funny. It's like the reason why she's there is because she's kind of been blackmailed to go there anyway. I mean, she, and she goes, and she goes, my husband left me. He, he left with like his, his teenage girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, divorce from me. <laughs> you know, her husband's having an affair as well so she was having an affair though but nobody knew about it they kind of like blew her cover and destroyed her life kind of <laughs> but at the same time though, her husband's having an affair as well because he's run <laughs> off with his teenage bride that's right that's right yeah so, so there's nobody being honest in any of this part of this episode but uh, that's what's really funny about it because what are soap operas it's total immoral you know Mm-hmm. intrigue is all it is this one's having an affair with this one you got a baby switch over here i mean i'm watching general hospital i don't know how many baby switches i got to deal with anymore all of them baby switches like stop with the baby storylines yeah. uh, and of course jody finds himself in bed with carol again well we knew that was gonna happen yeah but that kind of you know not now but i mean things kind of work out yeah but but he does tell carol that he won't be sleeping with her ever again but yeah yeah isn't this yeah it was the next episode that the uh the big hunky quarterback comes back the, quarter, can, the quarterback comes back yeah yeah mary's mary's trying to figure out how she feels about bert because he already he finally tells her after what the whole season that uh that he killed her husband even though he was in the mob and Danny even takes up for him because, well, if I forgave him, maybe you can forgive him. Mm. Yeah. And that was quite touching because, you know, um, you know, and then you got that little heart to heart between the two of them. And yeah, she says, you know, we'll, we'll work through this. We, you know, we have love for each other. We'll work through this. Right. Right. Mm. The family can overcome it. This is when Corinne realizes that Jessica's, her real mother actually in actuality not you know and she wants to reconcile with her mom and support her and you know and then ingrid that's when ingrid starts doing her ha and all of her curses and everything else through the door i i couldn't even try in monthly sundays to do what she does i mean she's just she's another one she's just hysterical i mean she mm. just is i i that sweet i guess she's swedish right is that what it's supposed to be 
Yeah, she's supposed to be Swedish, yeah. But everybody gets it wrong and Finnish or German or something like that. <laughs> she's getting all bent out of shape about it. And then Chester's finally arrested by Chief Tinkler. I don't even know where they come up with these names because of all that stock fraud. Yeah. And then um, and then Jessica's mer- um, case goes to the jury where we have to sit there and wait for what the jury's going to come back with. Yep, and nobody can sleep that night. Everybody's getting up, and then she's trying to make those waffles, and Benson's like, what the hell are you doing? And she's ignoring, you know, what she's doing. She's dumping all this salt into the waffle mix, and you know it's going to be bad if she actually cooks them. <laughs> and then Danny's still getting all worked up because he's going to, uh, what was it, Lefkowitz is going to kill his whole family if he runs away and doesn't want to marry Elaine. Yeah, I mean. It's cute it's- these episodes, though. I mean, she really was cute as a button. I don't know why I didn't say, I, I think I probably told her when we were interviewing her, um, Dinah Maynoff, because she just, she just got that, that look about her. She's very endearing, you know, even now she's just got, even though she's playing this certain part, there's something endearing about her, even though she's annoying and she's spoiled and, you know, you just, you just got to love her. Mm, yeah. I mean, we also get that Mary, um, Mary does forgive Bert and tells her that she was glad that it was, um, that Bert lived and her, her first husband died. She yeah. it went that way. So the other way around, which is quite nice. And then we got Tim coming around father, Tim, he's going to leave the priesthood, but he, I kind of thought there was some hesitating because he says he wants to get married first before they, you know, consummate their relationship. And I don't think Corinne's all over that. And she seemed kind of hesitant on the marriage part. Mm-hmm. Like why well, we, we got to wait, you know, but we also meet Tim's mom. And then we realized oh that. Oh my God. Yeah. Played by the fantastic Doris Roberts. She was always. Yes. anyway. But we yes. find out that basically that the reason why he's a priest, because it was her dream. It's not his dream. It was her dream. It's to you make know what that all reminded me of? Remember Saturday Night Fever? Where he, you know, yeah, he the father, brother yeah, was the, the brother. father. Then the mother just thought that she got all of her jewels and her crown in heaven because her son was a priest and he does not want to priest be a priest. And I think that probably really happens, especially, I hate to say this, I hope my mother's not listening in the Italian families, maybe even in the Irish families, because you know, the Roman Catholic church or whatever is so important. At least back then it was, you know, it was a big deal probably to have a priest in the family. You know, mm-hmm. I do know people that were pretty proud of it. They stuck mm-hmm. with it though. I mean, that's fine about this episode. It is a bunch. It is a bunch of cliffhangers, isn't it? So, it is. This is the end of the season. Yeah. Got Jody's convinced that uh, Carol wants them to live together as friends. You know, friends with benefits, maybe, or just friends. Just friends, You're, roommates. She's I really, guess. she's really quite. She's quite obvious to the viewer of what she's really doing, and Jody just seems really naive, kind of, sort of, because maybe feminine wiles isn't his forte. Yeah, but then of course the quarterback Dennis comes back into the picture. Oh, I know of, so. things didn't work out with his wife because he had to get married because he ultimately he left um, Jody because he wanted to look normal, I guess, because he's a big old hairy quarterback, you know. Back and then, Jody, and Jody was going to get a sex change because of him. And, and oh, I know. Can you imagine. And now it's like now we're left with does Car- does Jody and Carol move in together and become flatmates or does jody go back to dennis we don't yeah. know yeah so we're left with that to ponder about that 
Yeah. So yeah. And then we got and then Jessica's um, lawyer is in love with her. Yeah. Who'd have thought? I didn't see that one coming either. I totally forgot about that. No. And, and to hide know, it, they decided to do the hustle and do some Jessica Oh, dancing. that's right. And then, and then Chester joins Jessica, in. I love you. And they were doing the Latin hustle <laughs> when it came in. And then she's found guilty by the jury. And Peter is supposedly been murdered, not by um, Jessica, actually, but by either Chester, Jody, Corinne, Benson, or Bert. And I often wondered if Dallas, remember who shot Jr. In the 80s. Mm. Is this where they got that from? Because that was such a big deal. Can you remember like who shot? I always knew Kristen did it. But, you know, there's a lot of us. Yeah, I mean, this is like before Dallas as well. Yeah. So, I mean, this is 70. So, and the thing is, is that now we have to wait a whole summer before we find. But, I mean, luckily for us, I mean, I think we're back. I think we got one more episode in this season, don't we? I think, we, I think we're I back think in August. Aren't we? so- yeah, I think we got one more. Yeah, yeah I we think can. we're back in August, so we'll find out at that time. But, you know, so our viewers, if they're not keeping up, we'll have to wait until um, until we find out when we discuss our next episode. Yeah, we got a little ways to go. And it's always fun it- watching these, though. I mean, if, if you could get a chance to find, buy the box set or view it somewhere else, I can't especially if you're our age and you can appreciate them more because my brothers, I would sit there. I didn't watch it near as much as my brothers did, but my brothers would sit there and watch this and just laugh. They're a little older than me, of course, but just laugh. And they loved uh, it. I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, I'm watching it now. And I was there to say outside of the picture quality, I wish the picture quality was a bit better on these because it looks like it's all done videotape. I actually, the box that I got is pretty decent quality. I was, I'm yeah. really quite surprised and um you know and it's 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 fairly easy you know to pop it in my computer and watch it I'm lucky i got one of the old dinosaur computer laptops that still had the cd thing in it mm. you know time to get a new one now i'm ready for a new one but i mean the first season of this it's just setting up the groundwork and everything and you can see where all the controversy comes from back then because they did they did want to get rid of this series they didn't even want it to uh you know, you had the religious people and, uh, you know, uh, you know, people were freaked out about the homosexuality and, the, and they thought it was lies and misinformation that the show was going to be saturated with sex. I mean, all in the first season and religious groups used to go crazy and campaign to get it off the air. Mm-hmm. So um, I think in the end, ABC dropped the fee for sponsoring the show from 75 grand to uh, a spot for just 40,000. But because of all the fuss it generated, you know how that fuss generates publicity and if people know there's, you know, a big fuss about something, they're going to watch it. And so, you know, it, it, it kind of became, you know, uh, TV land gold, basically. And, you mm. know, we just, you know, you have your first season of it and it was, it, it's just a great show. I can't. And, and it was, a, it I mean, and to be honest, it was a big, um, you know, it was a big, what's it word when people... People loved it. It was a yeah. You know, it did very very well. And the, the ratings is a big Raiders ratings winner. So and it was so. kind of I wouldn't say it was educational. I would say that well, yeah, it was, but it was in a nice way, sort of like Blazing Saddles poked fun of everything. This is mm. kind of like that in a lot of ways. It pokes fun at stuff, but in the same way, it's informing. You know, these people are human. You know, everybody has some kind of dysfunction in their life because nobody is a picture perfect human. It's just not possible. I don't care who Mm -hmm. you are. 
So and every family is different. Every family has all kinds of crap going on. Maybe not as much as the Campbells and the Tates, but I think we can all relate to some of it. You know, so I think that's what makes the first season, you know, pretty epic. Yeah, and I, I I really like these. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, now that we've come to brought to you by, um, what's your final thoughts on this block of episodes, Keith? Um, my favorite. Um, I think they're really good. I think it's strong. It's, I think it has a really strong final episode to to um, make you want to tune into season two and wait for season two. And you know, and I think I've said it in previous um, episodes that we've done that we covered is that I love the high co- comedy. I love the the one liners, and I love the oh, heart yeah. and emotion. It's like you're laughing, you're crying, your your heart you know your heart breaks for these people, and then you're laughing a minute later. And it, the show takes you on such highs and lows. It's it's it amazing, is, it and it's probably one of the, one of the best fast fast witty shows and. You know, you know, I, you know, when you got a large cast of characters and be able to jumble all these characters together and be able, you know, and to be able to mix it all. I mean, it's, it's actually a quite a fantastic show. I mean, the I think chemistry that and the people and the writing are just fantastic. Yeah. And You're Susan not going to get stuff like this anymore. Susan Harris, brilliant writer. Mm. And so, I mean, yeah. so ahead of her time. I mean, this thing is so ahead of its time at the time, and I'm, and it's a. I mean, it's considered what one of the the best comedy series ever to put on television. This is up to Mary Tyler Moore and all in the family, and you know, and it's well, anything that came from why. Susan Harris was pretty damn good. I mean, she just Golden she, Girls, Golden Girls, Benson. Yeah. You know, and, and even Dinah Mainoff, she explains to us, you know, that Susan Harris just had it going on. You know, mm. everybody said that, you know, um, Jennifer Salt, uh, it just the writing was just fantastic. You just don't I don't know if these people just don't exist anymore. Yeah. I, I or if it was just that they came at the right time. You know, or is it the right time in, in history, you know, for these kind of things to come out? Because we had just come, we're coming out of the 70s into the 80s and all this cultural stuff and differences. And, you know, you have AIDS going on. You have, you know, women's lib going on. You have politics yeah. going on, you know. But it, but I also think there's a, um, there, there, this show has something that other sitcoms don't have. And that's like, very fast, witty scripts. Very fast. I mean, it's very fast. The thing is, it like, is. You know, they're they're giving you something even before you stop laughing. They're giving you something else, and next thing you know, it's like you know, and you're laughing, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh my god, I feel like I'm gonna cry. This is so sad, and then laughing again. It's like, and it's so fast. It's like you're watching like a 20 minute episode that goes by in like five minutes. It's like before you know it, onto you're onto the next episode, and. And, you know, even if you, you know, whether you watch Friends or, or any other shows, and even All in the Family and Mary Tyler Moore, I mean, they did nothing move this fast. I think this is the fastest moving show I've ever seen. I would have never have thought know. of that, actually, until you mentioned it. But it is. It just clips right along. And you think that you've been there for a while, which is so brilliant about it, because they put this whole story together in 23 minutes, 24 minutes with commercials after. Yeah, yeah and, and, and and multiple stories going at the same time. Multiple it's like storylines, and so so fast, and it's just like you know, 
I mean, it's hard to believe that, you know, we've gone through the whole murder investigation and everything right up through the jury. And the trial. And, and the, the verdict, verdict, you know. And the verdict and everything like that. And all, you know, all the stories in between, you know. It's just got, it just moves so fast. It's like, and it, you know, and it, you know, for, I think also for a show at this time, I can I, you do get the recap at the beginning and then you kind yeah. of get the closing at the end of each episode. But God forbid, I mean, if you, just left, lost one episode you could lose a lot <laughs> i know you almost have to you know i noticed when i was watching all these i had missed episode 19 for some reason you know when mm. you go in and you're watching your cd and you have to click 17 18 19 do yeah, that yeah. i go there's something missing here because i was lost there for a while then i go oh wow how did i miss 19 so i had to go all the way back last night and watch 19 and then i just couldn't you know kind of cruise through them as a review and i was like what well, you're right because if you miss one it's kind of like dark shadows you're gonna miss a lot because they pack a lot in 20 minutes for back in the day for these 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 stories and you will Mm. miss something and it's like well they got they do have the you know wrap-ups at the end and stuff but you want to see it you don't want to miss an episode because you know it's going to be funny as hell yeah i mean i'd sit there and say i I sometimes wish dark shadows had this kind of pacing sometimes (laughs) I know sometimes, sometimes but, I'm still in that one. There, there have been like, you know, when you got, you know, when we when we reviewed 25 episodes, it's like, God, I kind of wish it's like we could actually got all this done in like two episodes. <laughs> if this is great, if this is put in soap, this, was, this whole storyline would have gone by now. Where was <laughs> Susan Harris back in 1968? Precisely. <laughs> she should be writing for Dark Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get through that Adam storyline, man. This is the end of the Literary License Podcast retrospective of Soap Season 1, Episodes 17 to 25. Tune in next time where we'll be discussing our classic novel for the month of May, The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde, and the movie The Picture of Dorian Gray, filmed in 1945, directed by Albert Lewin. Is that how you say it? Lewin? Lewin? So it's good night from myself and good night and good night from Keith. Say good night, Keith. Good. Good night, y'all. See you next time. Good night, y'all. And we will see you all next week for our classic book to screen, Dorian Gray and the movie of Picture of Dorian Gray by Albert. Bye. Bye, y'all. Great week. Family, family, family. I go to war with my family. Ups and downs, wrong or right, this family They think that we crazy, they say that we crazy, can't handle it My back on the wall, who I'ma call my family We different, we stick out, wig out, bug out, pop out, hop out, ball out, show out Me. You don't wanna mess with me Cause if you mess with me You're messing with my family yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't mess with me You don't wanna mess with me Cause if you mess with me You're messing with my family You might think that we are all local But this family back to the global
Oh, I, 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 I,